Hey guys and gals, welcome to the Bender Blend episode number 36. I'm your host Jordan Bender. Uh, on this episode, Henry and I sat down and uh, talked with a local comedian here in San Luis Obispo. His name is Jesse Zimbato. Uh, he's a really great dude. He's very funny. He's been doing comedy about three or four months now. Um, I've seen him perform. He's, he's great. He's a funny dude. Um, anyways, we talked all things comedy on this episode. Uh, we had a lot of fun kind of dissecting some things. And uh, of course, we got to our top five comedians, which is always so hard to do those top five anythings. But um, it was a great episode. And thank you, Jesse and Henry, for doing it. Um, you guys, we're going to take a little holiday break. Uh, it's, this will be released two days before Christmas. So Merry Chismas for all you and Happy New Year's. Um, enjoy yourselves. Take a break and then get back to creating. Everybody, cheers. Oh, crispy! You gotta, you gotta leave that so little good. pause in between. That was yeah. very good. What's up, boys? Hey, um, how's it going, man? Happy Friday! Happy Friday, uh, listeners! We have a special guest here with us, Jesse Zimbato, uh, local comedian here in San Luis Obispo. Hey, everybody! What's up, man? Nothing, man. Just came out, uh, came out here to check you guys out. Did some comedy last night. And yeah, you did. I missed it. I'm sorry, I wasn't there. Uh, it's all good. It was actually an r- extremely good show. Yeah, it was yeah. Packed. We had uh, some people out of LA that were uh, doing really well. All the openers did great too, which was really cool. Yeah. Nice man. It was a great show. Hell yeah. Um, so, well, for our listeners, our regular and maybe new, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, where you grew up, and uh, and then we'll jump right in, like, how you got into comedy, doing comedy. Cool, man. Yeah, no, um, so I'm originally from San Luis Obispo, actually. Um, father's side was from Costa Rica, so... Oh, shit, okay. Yeah, I was always told I had the best of both worlds. I had to <laughs> pick between California and Costa Rica. Costa Rica is essentially just, like, the California of Hispanic America. Everybody's super chill down there and happy, so, yeah, nice. no, it's... Uh, it's been great. Yeah, I went to school around here. Okay. Um, graduated high school out of the out of Atascadero. Okay. And uh, after that, you know, took some college courses and uh, started getting into construction a little bit because I was making pretty good money doing that. And uh, now I'm still doing that, but also, uh, you know, starting to do stand up, man. And I really like it. Um, how long have you been doing stand up? I saw you at least a month ago, but that it seemed like that was maybe a little bit more than your first time. Honestly, man, I've only been doing it around three months. But okay, it's been uh, it's been going really, really well. I've been uh, really surprised that uh, I haven't screwed up more. <laughs> I think it's comedy is one of those things that when you're when it just fits, it feels really good, and yeah. people can tell that it comes naturally to you. Not to say that like people haven't worked through their awkwardness and became, become a lot better, but when when you see somebody get up there and they do a good job, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. like you were made for this. Like you right. you can do this. Yeah, and every time I've seen you up there, it's it you seem very comfortable, and um, appreciate that definitely. And you're very funny too. Like you have you have some very quotable. Bits and I was like, I think the first thing I ever said to you, I was like, dude, that'd be a great T-shirt. I can't remember the bit. It was something about Jesus being a cuckold uh, no, <laughs> or it something. Was, uh, Joseph, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jesus stepdad, yeah, him <laughs> being a cuckold, yeah. No man, uh, yeah. I just uh, premises are so fun to play around with. Yeah, and uh, I've had some. I've been lucky enough to come up with some good ones, and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just kind of evolving from there. Yeah. What was? Uh, can you remember the first joke you wrote? 
Um, I know that's kind of hard to ask. But. You know what? I'll, I can tell you the first one I performed, mm. um, it was actually at my wedding, and it was just one little joke to kind of, you know, break the ice. And right. all I said was, uh, you know, yeah, Beth and I, we were so happy to be getting married, and we're going to have a kid soon. We're hoping that it has my eyes and Beth's credit score. And it got, like, a really good laugh from everybody because, uh, you know, her, great. her family's got money and everything. That's a great so. joke. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's no, a good it, joke. It got a good response. I wasn't really expecting it to get such a good response. But, yeah. Nice. But, yeah, that was kind of the first time I wrote some, or didn't even really write it, but had it in mind Just, for before I went up. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Um before we started recording, we were kind of talking about um, a little bit about writing. Because I was telling you, part of why I I posted out last night, I was like, I didn't write anything new, and I wanted to. And then the other, I was like, I I was feeling that little tickle. I was like, if I don't sleep tonight, I'm going to be sick. And mm-hmm. I got to leave town on Monday. I was like, I got to lay low. Because my instinct, I was like, fuck yeah, just go and have fun and do it again. But I was like, I'm not ready, and I don't want to force it. Um but do you have a do you have a do you write do you have a notebook that, that yeah, you write so stuff in or how does it pretty much I fi- I recently found my the system for me that works um, so I'll like have a premise and I'll usually just I use my phone a lot actually yeah. I'll just text myself like a premise I you know rarely do I have a premise and a punchline at the same time usually I'll just have a good idea and I'm like all right there's something there I'll work on yeah. it later um, and then. I usually don't write it all out before I perform it, and then that way after I do it, it comes off natural or as I've like kind of thought it up in the moment, and then right. afterwards I'll write down and dictate everything that I put. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I got the way that I usually write is I'll write up something to, to the point where there's a punchline, and then I'll give myself a couple spaces to realize, okay, this is one section of right. the bit, and then I'll just kind of keep going from there. Yeah. And uh, that's what's been working really well for me. There's kind of no right or wrong answer, but uh, yeah. that's kind of what I've been doing. That's good. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, everybody's going to be different. Um, Henry, you're kind of one of those guys to me as an observer, it's like, you're, you're very good of in the mo you kind of write on stage yeah. a little, and you feed off the crowd very well. Yeah. Some, some things like all a concept I've been working on just not necessarily intentionally. I, I think it was two weeks ago. I had written in my phone, just in my notes folder, uh, that Catholics are narcs. <laughs> because, like, co- confession yeah. just, yeah, that's just seems fun. like God is a lazy cop trying to get you to confess to shit, and that's he's a, never going to forgive you for it. That's a great fucking... That's a great joke, And too. so I... But it's now been evolving where, like, that was it. Like, that was the whole thing, was that mm-hmm. Catholics are narcs because of confession. Right. And I had nowhere to go. And... I think these these last two weeks it evolved into not all Catholics are criminals. I mean, a lot of them. <laughs> and then going into, but they're all for sure narcs. And then this last week I did, I evolved on that to being like, because there was that huge scandal in Illinois where there were like mm-hmm. some like 650 priests Which is that, that had been accused Jesus. that they've been like hiding all of that shit. Yeah. And I was like, all right. What what is it? What is yeah. it about Catholicism? Is it the robes they make those boys wear? 
right. like going the nice like, fabric. We need, make, we need to make the robes less sexy on those boys, like hard linens. Like, <laughs> like we need to make them like skin tight. Yeah. I know that sounds like yeah, crisp, the, uh, crisp clothing. Yeah. Maybe muddy them a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, muddy. Yeah, just like make it less attractive to to fuck an altar boy. <laughs> oh god! And it was yeah, it made and it made the audience uncomfortable and laugh Good. a lot, which was yeah. Great. It was right where I wanted that bit to go. Yeah. I just have to figure out now, because that's the, the problem is I get up there for two, three minutes at a time, sometimes more if I don't see Aiden lighting me being like, please put on the next comedian. <laughs> <laughs> he um, gives you some free reign. Like, yeah. all right, let's see what you're doing. But I need to figure out how to transition because mm. I can go up there and riff and yeah. try to figure it out. But now what I need to start doing is record everything and mm -hmm. figure out, all right, where does this fit within a like a bit a, a true bit how am i going to connect these things and segue them into a similar idea yeah. for when i actually just go up and do a set um yeah and that's <clears throat> it that's the beauty that's putting in the work to it and um you i think you've felt that you you feel that bite of like oh i give a shit about this so i'm going to work on it mm -hmm. yeah and that's that's awesome to see and hear and um it makes me think too. It's I don't the a question that I uh, that I ask a lot of people that start doing comedy is, do you watch comedians or do you? Because for a while I stopped listening to it and watching it because I was like, what if I get that bleeds through and I I come up with a bit that's too you know what I mean? Mm, There's mm -hmm. that I know because my biggest fear is that is the cardinal sin of just like ripping off a joke and it's like. But at the same time, it's like, I got to watch my influences. And just to see, like, it, um, the old Steve Martin joke, comedy is all about timing. Yeah. And it's like, he was like, that's not even a great joke, but it's like, fuck, that's it. Like, um, my buddy Prio last night was was saying, and and I agree with him, one of my favorite, see, we're, we're, we'll go into our top five. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and he, he floats back and forth, but... Um, Tommy Jonigan, you ever listen to him? Oh my God! You know what? No, I was hearing about uh, some people talking about him, and I've been meaning to like check him out because I keep hearing good things. Give um, him a listen because he's he finds a way to where punchlines aren't like so, just a phrase becomes a punchline, not even mm -hmm. intentional. Just the way he fra the way he words things is funny, you know, mm -hmm. and it's something like just a big piece of fat baby or you know and he says it and it's like that's not he that's just kind of off the top of his head a little bit and he's got this timing where it's just it just fucking makes it and it's not even his punchline because his punchlines are great his joke punchlines are great but then his his little in-betweens are even better it's like it's a funny phenomenon that happens but yeah some people have just that cadence that yeah. like really is infectious and draws you in mm -hmm. I, I keep getting stuck uh Chris D'Elia does this thing where he'll uh, he'll be like, "Did I do this? Yeah. Did I? Should I not have? Of course." And he he just kind of goes back and forth between like these yes and nos, and it's it's not supposed to be funny, but just the yeah. delivery of it, yeah, and everything. Like I get stuck now, like trying not to do that when I'm just talking, you know, around <laughs> the street or talking to my wife or something, right? You know, but uh, no. Some people, they just have a way of talking that's so intrinsically just interesting. Well, people mm -hmm. love patterns, and an yeah. audience is no different. And if you mm -hmm. can show them a pattern that they mm -hmm. can rely on, it gives you that quality that 
you can trick them into using the same setup for whatever it is, yeah. whether it's a joke or like your right. process of thinking, and you can flip it on them and make right. a joke out of something that you it was just normal. Um, yeah, I think it's hard. I on Thursdays and Wednesdays. I make sure not to watch comedy mm-hmm. because I want my stuff in my head in my own cadence. Mm-hmm. But other times I don't think I can see where if you were watching something over and over or watching somebody's specials over and over, yeah. you're gonna that's gonna bleed into your own work. Mm-hmm. But so would watching a TV show or a movie. True. Like those concepts and stuff will stick with you. So I think mm-hmm. it's just kind of that discipline. Yeah. Of knowing yourself well enough to be like, that is somebody else's thing. Yeah. Like, I have yeah. to do my own. Mm-hmm. And most of the time when you actually write your own shit, it's funnier to people because they don't, in the back of their mind, associate it with whatever <clears throat> inspiration you're drawing. From. Right. It's it's something so new that they laugh harder and, at it. And genuine, too. Yeah. yeah. It builds that, like, trust to their... They're willing to invest their attention into you a little bit more. It's all mm-hmm. about the uh, the whole like tension and release. You know, when you're yeah. setting something up, people are investing more and more, and they're building that trust with you. And then when you land your punchline, they're like, "Okay, this investment has paid off. I will continue to listen to the rest of your act, yeah, you know, or whatever." I, that's exactly that's a great way of putting it. It's, it's it's an investment because, and then clearly there are some audience members that they're just there to be there. I did but. the worst, <laughs> the best and worst version of tension and release last night. I I was we'll doing part. that Catholic joke, and then like I had called out this like I was like, "Is anybody Catholic in the audience?" Oh, and this one girl raised her or <laughs> this one girl raised her hand. I'm like, "Fucking narc!" And then like, but that's when I brought up. I was like, I kind of ran out of my joke, and then I said. The reason I brought this up is the 650, and I like, like let that sit in the air, and then Aiden gave me the light for one minute more, and I was like, "Well, I'm getting the light, so I'm going to leave you with that." And, <laughs> and the audience just roared with laughter. Yeah, like, oh, oh fuck, and, like, yeah. I didn't have a joke for it, but it ended up working really well. Yeah, they yeah. loved it. That was really funny. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. And, I mean, and you know, I just want to say too yeah. that uh, Henry and Aiden, they both do such a good job, man. Like, I've. You're actually you don't know how responsible you were for me doing my first time because I went the week before and I had been to a bunch of open mics and uh, you know a lot of places I go it's like a cringe fest yeah and uh, just the way you handled the crowd and everything I was like okay even though some of these open micers are bombing I feel comfortable with the two people hosting it mm-hmm. and uh, I feel comfortable enough with the crowd like nobody here nobody at Bang the Drum really gets offended by no. things that you say. Um, Unless it's like some people that randomly come in, don't know it's a comedy thing, and have you know their own standards and principles and everything, but no, like uh, that was something that really helped get me up on the stage the first time was just seeing how comfortable everybody, not only the audience but also the people on the stage were, and uh, yeah, I'm just so lucky to have a place where we have like a warm crowd and also like a good community and everything. I'm very grateful for that. So yeah, cheers to Henry. Yeah. No, definitely, and uh, definitely cheers to both of you guys because. Watching you guys for a couple of weeks, it was like, and I told Henry, I was like, <laughs> just like when I told people, I have a podcast. They're like, you do? I'm like, well, I have to. I do now because like, I told you I did. Holy shit. But, I, you know, I told Henry, I was like, I think I want to go up there. And I finally did it. It was it was because it was that's the right it was the right time. And I was like, I'll, I'll just getting over that hump of just. Well, I have some friends that want to do stand up comedy. And they're like, I think I could do it. And I'm like. 
okay. Yeah. When you said you wanted to do it, I was like, do it. Yeah. Because yeah. you're a funny dude and you have the mind for looking at something differently enough to make somebody giggle. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> but there there are definitely some people that are like, I think I could do stand up comedy and it's like, I don't know. Like you might they might have their own like way of thinking about things or their own writing that would bring it out but sometimes in in life you're like i just wouldn't see that from you that actually reminds me of a bit i was thinking about doing is talking like if you meet people like that they're like oh i could do that the cockiness it's like you're not gonna be funny it's it took me 34 years you know okay 30 28 years to fucking work up the balls to go on stage Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. There's some fucking time. Yeah. And it's like the the cockiness of I'm gonna do stand up. Are you? Okay. It's oh, like when you hey. watch an action movie yeah. and you're like, I would have karate kicked him this way and then <laughs> yeah. shot that guy. Exactly. It's that whole like, okay, all right. Well, and that's what and those people I definitely encourage. I'm a like, fuck yeah, get up there, go do it right now. Yeah, and then you watch them, and it's just like, ah, oh, you got nothing. You got fucking nothing. And I knew it. I knew it. You need, you're not. You're not miserable enough. Yeah. Or you don't have a point of view. Yeah, you don't have a real point of view. That's that's the other thing is some some people, and especially yeah. you see it a lot in Cal Poly kids who are oh, a little underdeveloped personality wise. Yeah. They'll go up and start making Cal Poly specific jokes. Yeah, and they soon yeah. realize that there's a whole spectrum of life outside of their campus, like that they have no relation to. Like the world they're living in is a fantasy. <clears throat> right, and it, it's. You'll hear the few specific friends that they brought with them mm-hmm. giggle at it, mm-hmm. but the room just sucks it up and is it goes nowhere. Yeah, it's like what? Huh? Yeah. I don't get it. And that's and Aiden had a good point last week too. I was, you know, everybody was super fucking cool about like, and the the weirdest thing that happened was I was so fucking nervous until I get grabbed the microphone. Same. And I was like. Oh, this feels all right. I'm not sweating too bad. And I was like, (laughs) and of course, and thank you for being gracious enough to let us throw you under the bus sometimes. Because I was like, and I think mine was pretty mild compared to what Mike did to you, but (laughs) (laughs) um, Mike Zaleski. Oh, God. I was, I, the, it just, I was like, uh, because I was like, I had an opening, but I was like, let me just like feel feel something like a little like settle in as you know like well i was gonna mount the mic (laughs) but that didn't work because henry does that but it was like that but yeah as soon as i it was like okay all right well give people like a rope that they know like if they Mm -hmm. if you want them to grab onto something give them something and that was what that was your advice it was like riff off the crap and i was like yeah but it was the I was still nervous, but it was a weird, like, controlled nervousness of, like... You're in control. I was like, okay, I know it's in my head. Let's see how it comes out. Mm. And it came out differently than I had written down. And I didn't write it, like, kind of like you said, Jesse, of... Mm -hmm. I wrote some premise, and then just as a prompt. And Gabby was like, take your notebook out. And I was like, that actually was going to... And if I had, I didn't bring it up. I was like, that would have screwed me up because I had too many bullet points is like I know I know the 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 sequence that I wanted to go in the beats um, you need to hit and it went I I felt good but I definitely felt it was like oh shit it's over 
Yeah, it goes quick. Which is kind of good. Uh, to me, I was like, that's a good sign because then it's like, oh, I want to go back and do more. Like, I want to tighten some things. I was like, fuck, I could have said that next time. You know, and, and that's that workshopping it that I need to go experience and go do. And I'm sure you guys have experienced that of trying something and do it one week. Okay. And then switch something around, listen to it back and be like, all right, maybe what if I change that phrase to something else and seeing if that lands. Mm-hmm. And any good comedian, they talk about that. They're like, you know, Dave Chappelle goes to clubs and works shit out. He goes to, open, you know, he's just working it out. He's working out a bit and it's, that's comforting in itself. And is when you see these top tier dudes that are like, yeah, I got to go work shit out at the club. Oh, and he's bombed really bad too. There's right. Been a couple times where yeah. he's just been uh, kind of leveled by the crowd. He's one of those guys that like got too big, you know? So it's yeah. like, okay. There's you a lot of expectation. Yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. That too. The expectations of having to be a $50 million comedian, you know? <laughs> yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't imagine. Yeah. But it's also, you know, I guess the... Oh, fuck. I lost my train of thought. Well, my favorite way of working shit out. Like, cause <laughs> that that's, happens that's, sometimes. Yeah, totally. that's, I'm, I mean, I forget what I'm saying on stage sometimes. I'm like, I had a place for this to go, and it's just right, gone. Right, mm. um, That dead but, air, it's like... Yeah, but uh, my, um, my favorite way of writing, and if I'm going to, like, really, like, nail down what I want to say and how I want to say it, is writing the bit out loud. Where mm-hmm. I know where I want to go and I know I have to hit these certain things. But mm-hmm. at home, I'll start the set and I'll start saying it out loud and be like, nope, that's the wrong word. And then I'll start it over yeah. again and just say all of it out loud. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I'll, if I'm trying to just memorize what's there, mm-hmm. it's not funny out loud. Right. Totally, like yeah, you, it's rehearsed. I, I need to hear myself say it so it can be conversational. Yeah. So it can, like it actually has a rhythm that I would speak in, not just something that I'm like, uh, like my paragraph brackets <laughs> and shit. Like, yeah. I, like I have to and yeah. repeating that over and over again so that it sits well. Mm-hmm. Totally. No, actually, I had the exact same thing happen last night. I was about to go up and I knew like the five or six places I wanted to hit and I vaguely had an idea of the segue but I realized it wasn't ready enough so I just started typing it all out on my phone like to my like as a text message to myself just so and it, even what I text wasn't exactly what I said on stage but it was just a framework so that when I got up there it would flow from one idea to the next it wasn't even really for the jokes or the punchlines but just the general flow and yeah, the segues are so important and you ne- like it because you're like we're you're so focused on writing the joke and having the punchline that then you're like oh I have no way to lead into this mm. to that and you can make it a joke but it's starting like comedy is such a self aware business to be in that it's already become something of like the I have no segue for this joke isn't that's right. overused <clears throat> now like yeah. you can't re- like unless you pull that off in a specific new way. It's it's been done and it's kind of just being lazy. Totally. <laughs> that, that's one of those yeah. things, and I, I hate to say it, but one of my pet peeves is when people bring uh, like notes and stuff onto the stage. It, it wouldn't be that big deal if they were doing a lot of time, but when you're doing five minutes, like <laughs> yeah, like I understand that you you don't want to mess up and everything, but yeah. it takes away so much when you're like, okay, give me a moment, let me just look at this real quick, and it's like, okay, you're losing maybe like twenty seconds, but you're you only have five minutes, so that's. 
actually a pretty substantial part of your unless your you're time. like reading off it's like all right here were the notes that i wrote during this story like as this was happening mm-hmm. this is exactly what i wrote and then you can like read it off yeah as a part of your performance total but uh, as opposed to just like i need to i forgot to memorize this well mm-hmm. and and it'd be it's such low hanging fruit hacky shit but i was like if i do bring it up and I had that moment of like, I have to look down. Just in the into the mic, it would have been like, penis, 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 <laughs> butthole, penis. Uh, I don't have anything yet, you know. But that was kind of like, <clears throat> or it's like, uh, laundry detergent, you know. Yeah, it's cat fuck. Yeah. Like yeah. even even Richard Pryor, who's in my top five, his first special, he okay, literally. I'm shows putting that. You. Sorry, I'm I'm, oh, okay. I'm I'm gonna write that Put down. That down. Okay. okay, Richard Pryor. Sorry. Yeah, but uh, no, he one of his first ones. He literally shows the camera his notes, and it's like <laughs> it says stuff that's like outlandish, but it's not like even jokes. It's just like yeah. premises that he's gonna be hitting. But yeah, no, even I mean, even the big dogs, you know, do, do things like that. They're still human. <laughs> for for me, yeah, for yeah. me, the there's. I mean, most comedians believe that there's one cardinal rule. And I've even seen people break it in a way that was like actually really cool. But the one rule is just you you do your material, mm-hmm. you don't do somebody else's material. And the only person I've ever seen pull that off in a way that was hilarious was uh, Tom Segura. If you haven't seen uh, I Need You to Kill, watch it. Um, the very last performance that they do, he finds a very poetic and beautiful way to break that rule and still be hilarious incredible yeah um but yeah no it's uh it's a really free form art and that's what one of the things that i just love about comedy the most you know the the mm-hmm. lack of rules yeah is really cool yeah there's you know some people might say there is a rule it's like well no there's not there's there's no Tim yeah. and Eric proved that there's no rule. <laughs> Andy, Andy Kaufman, Tim and Eric, like yeah, any any totally. any mm. person thinking outside of the box is is letting you know that hey, I just broke this rule and it still fucking worked, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Um, which that's funny that you said, you know, don't doing don't do other people's materials. Um, I've noticed there's, and I'm not gonna name them here, but. I at, over the two months that I've watched Bang the Drum open mic, there's been a few, and it's only open micers that do it. Mm. And I think it's because of that platform. It's like nobody's gonna call me on that. There's been a few that I picked up, and I'm like, that's I know that I know that bit. Last night I had one too. Did you know? Okay, so it's I don't know if you've noticed. I was like, and I'm not trying to like gotcha like here on the Bender Blend. We know, but it's it's something, and I. It's something that I know that, it, and it, and again, in an open mic setting, it's like, it's kind of like, do you confront them or not? Probably not, just because it's like, ah, fuck, like, I see what they're doing, like. I think if it's if it's a real pattern, that's when you know you can right. confront them. At, right. at a certain point, you're like, honestly, maybe they just haven't seen it. It seems mm-hmm. it seems unlikely, but at the same time, some people like I've made jokes, and people are like, "Oh, that's from this," and I'm like, "I haven't seen that." Right. Some some mm-hmm. concepts are just so human and relatable that you mm-hmm. will also think of yeah, them if it, you're trying. It's the yeah. whole parallel thinking, but yeah. it's it's when a pattern shows. Well, it, yeah, it yeah. just really has to do with just like logical progressions, like you know. I, the mm-hmm. first time I went up, I did a bit, and uh, I did, you know, the first joke that I did was just something quick to get the crowd on my side. It's nothing I've n- ever heard another <clears throat> person do, 
but I could imagine that somebody might have done it at some point. It it was one of those jokes where it wasn't personable enough that I felt like it was really my material, even though I had wrote it originally mm-hmm. myself. I was like, you know, this is a joke anyone can do, and all it's really doing is setting up this greater idea that is yeah. 100% me mm-hmm. and something I would do. And sometimes, you know, that just kind of happens. But, yeah, for me, the, the guy that I, I kind of saw that with, it was his first time going up, and it was somewhat similar, but mm-hmm. it wasn't really close enough. He was talking about somebody having two walls and the reason that they have two wallets. Chris D'Elia, he does this thing where uh, he talks about his uncle having two wallets, and it was kind of similar. <laughs> right. But it's one of those things where it's like the concept of having two wallets is weird. So mm-hmm. even if somebody just saw somebody that had two wallets, and I mean, I'm right. sure Chris D'Elia's uncle's not the only person that does it, you know? So <laughs> yeah. it was one of those things where it was like, okay, yeah. maybe he hasn't seen it, but at the same time, you know, yeah, it, it's not a big deal either way, especially right. since it's his first time. But Exactly, and that's... Um, I think like Henry said, you know, the pattern and again, I'm not trying to, but it it is part of the comedy scene is, you know, I see somebody that has a, um, you know, not a headline. What, what do we call them? The, uh. So yeah, they, they kind of have different ones. Usually they're called like a feature. The featured comics. So. Or a showcase act. Um, yeah. And he's gotten better. He's actually, and I'm not going to, I'll write his name down and you'll know who I'm talking about. Okay. Um, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which is funny because he talks about it in his act about stealing jokes and it's like he directly stole a Robin Williams joke. Oh, really? Um, oh, man. But it's one of those like... But that's also very ironic. It's And that's the thing is like, <laughs> I wonder if he was doing it like tongue-in-cheek kind of like meta stealing jokes is Mm -hmm. bad i'm gonna do this joke now that this dude did might not have been his but um (laughs) i wrote his name down so i don't we don't have to say it but um he he did it for a while he did it on a couple and i was like ah yeah man no okay but it he's he's that kind of comic and then when the last last Thursday when he went up, I was like, "Oh, he tightened some shit up, mm-hmm. and he cut out a lot of fat, and some of the fat was that bit that he did." And I was like, "That's Robin Williams did that in two thousand two, dude." Um, <laughs> but it's the other one is like when you hear specific and the whole thing, and that's the for me like my biggest because I consume comedy mm-hmm. constant. Like three of my favorite podcasts are all comedians. So I'm like. I don't want to ever, and listening to them talk about it, it's like, yeah, well, premises are, you know, they're, somebody's going to think of something eventually. Totally. There's nothing new under the sun. Exactly. But making it your own and having your own unique perspective is what's important. But when you hear something that's like, oh shit, that's like, that's spot on. Somebody else said that out of their own mouth. Yep, it's like nails on a nails on a chalkboard. It's kind of like ooh, and people and the, <laughs> it's this weird thing. It's like people laugh at it, and you're like, oh, you don't mm-hmm. know, you, you don't know, <laughs> you're not initiated. <laughs> but that's the cool thing, man, is when you're doing your own material, and it's something that you know. Like me telling the story about my mom. The reason I like that is because I know that that won't ever be an no, issue because exactly. it's it's one of those things that's yeah. just kind of unique to yourself and everything and. Um, yeah, man, I just love doing it. <laughs> well, and finding, and that goes, we'll segue now. <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah. Um, <laughs> just fucking punch me anytime. Um, in finding your voice and your style, um, 
Because that's that's something Jesse and I were talking about before we started recording. Is just kind of like, I think, and Pete Holmes talks about it. Um, mm. Who's fucking? I love. I just love that he's goo- he's just unabashedly goofy. He's a silly boy. Yes, yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's very talented. He's a funny motherfucker, and he's very like self aware. But he talks about when he first started, he was like, I was basically imitating Brian Regan, like the whole timing cadence. Oh, yeah. You know, kind of doing the physical like face stuff. And he's like, I was he was like, I was a little bit of Brian Regan. And, you know, and I think that's kind of natural. Like we were saying, you're going to be influenced by people you watch and finding your own, you know, your own style and uh, (laughs) And I'm not saying <laughs> this is, oh fuck! I can't say, say it without it. sounding like an asshole now. Just say no, it. sound but like an asshole. Somebody, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's not the first time. But no censorship here. When I'm casually in conversation with, especially newer people, they're like, ah, you're, "You're kind of like, like a Louis C.K. type, like just I don't fucking care." Mm, I'm the like energy that you bring in. Yeah, your, and yeah. it's like, oh fuck. Which is not great, but it's also like I can see the comparison. It's or do you just whip your dick out? <laughs> <laughs> see, there it is. Boo! Hoo! It, you guys can't see on this side yeah. of the table, but it's out. Yeah, um, I mean, he asked permission. And it's but. really nice. It's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, cleaned up. Somebody asked me. Um, it's going like, down. Too much attention. <laughs> my my friend was like, oh, "What's what's your inspiration for your like your character that you do on?" Because they're like. Your character's like really drunk and sad Your a lot. Character? Well, like, like oh, because per- they don't know you. Oh, well, sorry. yeah, like what persona? <laughs> it's funny to me because I know you. I'm like, yeah. that's Zanry. I know, and that's the thing is they were like, because like, where'd you get this like inspiration for this like drunk, sad comedy? And I'm like, I am often drunk and sad. No, actually, <laughs> we were just having this conversation a couple weeks ago, me, you, and Aiden, and I was like, you know what? I what I what I feel really fortunate about is that all of our cadence is the same off stage as it is on stage. Like, yeah. they talk about, like, finding your voice. And I know there's probably, if any comedian hears this and hears that somebody who's been doing it three months is talking the way that I'm talking <laughs> right now, they're going to get triggered as fuck. But, uh, no, it's just so cool that, you know, we don't really have that character or anything because there's a lot of people that do a particular voice or a particular cadence or, you know, like deadpan comedy is a really good example of yeah. that. Um, but for me, when I go up there, man, I, I feel like I kind of bypass people's criticism because I talk to people as though I'm talking to one of my friends. Yeah. And when you do that, like genuinely, because I've just, am that kind of like loving creature that, um, when you do it genuinely, people pick up on these little things that you're doing when you socialize with them. Like last night when I was like, how's everybody doing tonight? I don't give a shit because I'm having a great week. Yeah. You know, like that's something that usually you can't do with somebody until you're comfortable with them. Mm-hmm. You know, so by able by being able to do that, people have this like feeling of like, oh, this guy's talking to me like I'm one of his friends. I guess I am one of his friends. You know, yeah. and then you can kind of just continue with what you're going to say, and people will, you know, trust you a little bit more than they they would typically. Yeah, I think that's that's an important part. Is it's weirdly. It, and that's the challenge. And for the first time doing it is once I was up there, I was like, there, you, you kind of start having these little moments of just realization of like, I've got to disarm these people. Mm-hmm. I have their attention. Holy shit. Okay. That's number one. That's important. I got their attention. Now I got to disarm them because they're ex- the expectation. It's like, all right. But if you think too hard and that's where I was like, don't think about 
make them laugh. You got to make them laugh. And it's like, just talk to them. Just talk mm. to them. Tell, and that's what I did is I went into my little like bits, just like I've told people that story that was true. I was like, I'll just tell these people. And that's that conversational tone that it, you watch people's kind of disarm and just like get a little more like, oh yeah, yeah, like tell me about it, you know? And I probably every week break the cardinal rule of hosting. It's like, <laughs> like be a beep, not me. Like I, I, I can be, but like for a lot of shit I'm talking about, like being depressed, but I do it in a like slightly jovial manner where it's like, I'm kind of like indifferent to my own pain and just like yeah. laying it out there straight as it is mm, like yeah. honest, like sadness. But at the same time that, on, like I can't look at my depression in a not funny way right. because it is hilarious. Like every organ in my body is working so hard to keep me alive, and my brain is just like, "Nah, man, you gotta quit <laughs> yeah. that shit." Yeah, <laughs> man. Yeah, <laughs> it's but that's hilarious, and I, and I think that's the thing that is weird about sad comedy is. Mm-hmm. You want other people to laugh with you and at you at the same time yeah. because it makes it yeah. makes sense yeah. if, if it's just sad and not <laughs> hilarious then that's terrible right. if it's sad and hilarious you can deal with it well yeah. i think that's also it's also just super relatable because i feel like we're at a time where people are more depressed and anxious than they they've ever been you know even despite the fact that we're living in one of the best times yeah you know so far so right um yeah no it's it's you can get so much out of that sort of style and just uh, connect with that audience yeah. on a genuine level. It, it's, you know, it's when you hear somebody like, hey, guys, all right, you're ready to build. It's like when I hear that, I immediately am just like, okay, this person's, this is an act. This is a person. You right. Know? But when you hear like you go up there and just genuinely, you know, making jokes about yourself, like people are able to kind of relate and laugh at themselves while they're laughing at what you're saying you know yeah and yeah that's really great and uh yeah just the the way that you host is very unique to you and i i enjoy it it's really cool Well, and uh jd was even talking about what material i do allows comedians to start at whatever place they want if they want to start on some sad stuff i've prep that I prep mm-hmm. the audience to stay in this middle zone where it doesn't have to be happy silly or like sad melancholy stuff like it it can go in any directions cuz in any bit I'm going to like get really real and basically silence the audience with something sad or awkward mm-hmm. but then bring them back to a point where they're ready to receive any end of the res- the spectrum mm-hmm. kind of thing and that was I was like oh fuck I should be aware of my doing <laughs> like I, no, I need you, to be more aware of like how I'm I'm phrasing these things setting a tone a little bit but also it's that is and you have a that's a hard position to be in is host comedians and be fun it's like but you're each week I've seen you you get you you you're just better and better at finding mm-hmm. your your groove and also yeah you're you set a tone and and better and better about mitigating how much alcohol I've had. <laughs> <laughs> substances in general. Yeah, substances in general. Yeah, weed is a different, a different oh, part I, of that. I can't, I can't smoke weed. I, I can maybe take like a hit and do some comedy. Oh, that was my question. I actually had that I, question on my do, head. Like, I was like, do, have you ever smoked weed and tried to 
go up. Oh, I, I mean, I have, but I've learned that I can't do... So I was lucky enough to catch <laughs> it before I was on stage. Yeah. I smoked, like, at 5 o'clock when I got home. See, that's perfect for me. Like, a yeah. couple hours before. Yeah, that's yeah, a couple hours. Yeah, that way pocket. you're crisp once you get there, totally. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, that was the, that was the thing for me, man. It was just like, I, I, I get up there and then like, I can't think of the right word or the right premise. And like, mm. I'm like I said, like I try to do it without any things, like any notes or anything so like that. To remember oh God. Yeah. I, I, oh, man, I've been lucky. I haven't like lost a whole premise or anything, but the first two times I went up, like I got really good responses. And then the next two times I went up. Um, I didn't bomb, but I didn't get the response I wanted. And, you know, people were still approaching me and like, you know, cause the thing is like people, you can tell if you do good or you do bad by the way, comedians and the crowd will treat you after you get off. Like if mm -hmm. you bomb, people are going to leave you alone to like process that <laughs> yeah, shame. Like, <laughs> like, you know, fucked up. You, yeah. I'm not touching you, dude. You're toxic. Yeah. Yeah. But when you do well, man, like, yeah. you know, like the second time I went up, the first time I met you, yeah. Jordan, uh, you ran up and you know, you embraced me. You're like, dude, you should, you know, make this thing into a t-shirt or something. <laughs> yeah. And that like really, that really like, you know, um, encouraged me but at the same time you know like boosted my self-esteem and stuff like yeah. that with the the art that we've been practicing and everything but uh yeah man i really really uh just love the whole process i i'm so glad to find to find something that i'm passionate about that i can keep working towards and getting better at and right? super like healthy mentally oh like, totally it's a way to mm -hmm. process so much of your life that otherwise you wouldn't have the opportunity unless you're in therapy and that's no fun i've been in therapy and that's like that's why i often joke it's like this is therapy that i don't pay for i'm only making the audience pay for it right like <laughs> but, but like somebody um like i think it was about a month ago i did a show that i wasn't happy with mm -hmm. got off stage and was just not happy with my performance and that was the one that i had a bunch of people coming up to me and be like dude great show tonight and i was like Really? <laughs> like I wasn't, and, but it's because I was paying attention to the jokes that I wanted to get laughs, mm. and then the things that like I wasn't. The people that were loving certain jokes maybe just weren't as loud yeah. or whatever it was. But I had a girl in Bevmo today, the the bagger. She looked at me and goes, "Hey, you're funny," <laughs> and I go, "What?" And she goes, "I saw you like a month back. Like you were really good." And I'm like, "About a month ago, like." Pretty sure I fucking bombed that shit. <laughs> like, there's a weird thing to have a stranger like compliment me from something I did a month ago, what they like still had in their brain. But yeah, it's it's a weird thing where sometimes and, uh, your perspective on stage right. is so different yeah. than the individual sitting in the audience. Yeah. Well, that's a huge part of it too. You know, like there's yeah. there's dis disarming the crowd, but then I feel like a big thing that a lot of starting comedians miss is disarming yourself. Because so many people like get inside their own head or like something doesn't land mm -hmm. and you can tell they get caught up on They're it. Like, so oh, then fuck. Yeah. the rest of their presentation yeah. doesn't start to unfold well. And you really have to give yourself the benefit of the doubt and mm -hmm. uh, just kind of like, because the thing is like, yeah. I feel like the reason I'm here is because, you know, you guys genuinely think I'm like a pretty funny dude, but no, I, this is all a big joke. We're <laughs> just making fun of me. Nobody's <laughs> recording right now. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm literally playing solitaire right now. <laughs> <laughs> but what the thing is, is like, you know, I get, I've, I've been getting a lot of really good attention and the things that people are saying are like, you know, really, really boosting me up. But at the same time, I, I watch my performances that I record 
which, mm-hmm. you know, every once in a while I'll be able to record one. And I can see a million things that I'm doing wrong, mm-hmm. you know, but it's just being able to to know what you're doing wrong and then just keep going through it and making the main objective, which in comedy is just making people laugh. So as long as yeah. you can make people laugh, I mean, at the point that I'm doing it, I'm doing new material every time. So it's, it's coming out sloppy, but I'm hitting at the point where I need to hit. And then from there, you just work on your efficiency and everything yeah. like that, shortening things up. But. Well, and even just as somebody who every week is seeing these people go up like time and time again, Watching stale material oh. turn extra stale, mm-hmm. basically to a moldy material. <laughs> like mm. it is, it it's one thing when you see the changes and you see somebody actually workshopping a joke. And I'm guilty of this too sometimes. And I oftentimes try to like, <laughs> Sorry. I'll I'll hear myself do it. I'll hear myself do <laughs> a joke and I'll be like, it's the exact same way I said it the other week. Right. Mm-hmm. Even if it killed. I have the opportunity to play with it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, why why not try to play, like, really workshop? Because if it could be better, mm-hmm. then I wouldn't know unless I start fucking with it. And if it does worse, I know what to go back to. But try, having that courage to, like, instead of just being like, oh, well, maybe that was the room. It's like, you should still play with it. Like, mm-hmm, if you're doing right. the same bits every mm-hmm. week, week in and week out... That's where it starts to be like, man, that's where you want to go up to people and be like, hey, dude, can you write some new stuff? Oh, well, <laughs> totally. and, and in that same vein, like, that's, you're, you're aware and you change things, but when someone, and I've noticed this with certain people, they do the same jokes over and they leave space for laughter that they got the first time. Oh, yeah. And then over and over they do that joke and they, they leave that pause and they're, they don't get anything and they're like, uh, and they kind of, you can just see it just like, oh, you lost it. Like, it's time to freshen that up, throw that bit out, do something different. But it, I've seen it enough. But that's because they've lost, again, mm. their conversational, right. uh, their timing. Because right. if, if in general, <laughs> you were having that pause, it's a part of a sentence. Mm-hmm. So even if you're pausing for applause or whatever, you should still know when you want to come back in and if if you are getting that laugh you just wait for the laugh to be over you just extend the pause but if you if you get in your flow and it doesn't get a laugh you still know the beat you need to hit right afterwards yeah yeah it's yeah it's being comfortable in your material as opposed to kind of waiting for the affection of the audience well and we've seen and we've all seen that and we uh, Jesse and I talked about Daniel Tosh. He, you know, love him, hate him. He had a good point. He's like, you, you commit to a joke. Totally. And you can tell when comedians don't commit mm-hmm. and they question themselves and the crowds, they, the people listening, the audience will eat them alive because they're like, oh, you're not sure of your own bit? Fuck you. Like, right. it's and almost this like... If people mm. don't laugh at your joke and you were expecting a big laugh, confront them about it you right literally yeah. pete say, holmes. oh you don't think that's totally. funny and, and justify yeah. yourself to those yeah. people pete holmes has, is the best might be one of the best at that he's like you're not laughing ridiculous you guys are ridiculous you mm-hmm. should be laughing. that is great he's, he's one of the best at confronting that because that was one of his fear he's like his early comedic years he was fearful of people who wouldn't laugh when i expected a laugh and he's like well, what if I say something about it? 
that's a great joke. You you guys suck on that. Like, <laughs> or, or then that he's like, like and then, why didn't they laugh mm. and make fun of them for not having that life experience? Right. Like, yeah. And like find that <laughs> pathway. If you're yeah. like, if you're genuinely needing that applause mm. to set up or that that laugh to set up your next shit, realize that. Don't mm-hmm. cut off the joke. I hate when people be like, oh, well, I guess I won't finish that bit. I'm like, oh, all right, you yeah. surrendered. You yeah, just sur- you surrender. waved a white mm-hmm. flag and the audience is going to rip you apart now. Yeah. But if, if you double down and you're like, oh, you didn't think that was funny? I guess none of you have done this or like mm-hmm. it felt this way. Like yeah. go into it because <laughs> eventually maybe somebody was just a little guarded and they'll start laughing or they'll get self-conscious. Yeah. Or you got them almost to the point where they were about to pop but they never quite yeah. got there. Yeah, yeah exactly. that might be the little thing. To, but the thing too is I've seen <laughs> a lot of people that screw that up because you'd also at the same time you don't want to start attacking the audience because you're offended and i've seen so many people do that with like come on guys you got to be quicker and it's like well oh, or maybe you need to be funnier you know yeah, yeah. Like, yeah that's <laughs> it's, it's one of those things man it's, just, it's hard to it's an art form yeah it to is. ride that balance and really you know kind of yeah. get the response you wanted it is and and doing it finally for the first time i because i've always you know since i was young watched and listened to comedy and it's i've always had a respect but it's like until you do it you don't understand it's like no there's it is an art form it takes work and practice and even the guys that are naturally funny it's like they still work on shit they still practice they still find that that zone that they can get into on stage and just be like yeah i'm in it that's this is it i'm in my flow it's and i'm definitely so fucking green in in doing comedy i've done it for a little bit now but there are weeks that like and a lot of the time it's hard we all work day jobs we all have shit to do mm-hmm. and sometimes you're like i fucking didn't write anything today and it's the night before and if i don't take that time the night before to just sit down and like what did i think was funny this week and jot it down mm-hmm. i feel it the next day i feel yeah. so much less prepared and less in the zone to take new stuff and bring it out there. Hmm. And it just shows me that like, yeah, even if it's 10 minutes at night before I go to bed, just thinking about what I thought was funny that day and just mm-hmm. writing it down real quick, even if it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like I have all these weird notes. One of them says, uh, hiccup suicide. <laughs> and I'm like, wonder what that was. But like, <laughs> I like put that in and it was, yeah. I made a bit out of it. And like right. all these like small little things that, that I had a great joke the other night that I was I was hearing these bros talk about um, fascism <laughs> and like oh, how yeah. like dude in the right hands man fascism could be great and I came up with the bit of wow. like <laughs> who the fuck are these dudes yeah they're, well they were like it could work man like if it was if it's like a good person then oh it would, my God. but I did the bit of um, <laughs> cocaine is a lot like fascism in the right hands it could be a good <laughs> oh yeah I, yeah, oh, I heard that Henry. for the first time last night. I love that joke. I love and, and yet, it rarely is. <laughs> like, That's so good, dude. Well, and the thing about, what I really like about that is you could build off that in so many different, you know, directions. Like, you, you the setup has almost, like, infinite mm. number of punchlines that you could put on them. Yeah. But, uh, no, that's funny. The, the whole, like, forgetting and not being prepared thing, that's why I use my cell phone instead of a book. Yeah. Because I always have my cell phone on me. I can press a button and talk into my phone. Like, literally, I, I just opened up my phone 
Uh, I have a note that says, uh, what grade am I in? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's actually just that's a just funny so fucking... <laughs> what grade am I in? So, so the, that the, would be a great opener. So the, hey guys, what grade am I in? <laughs> yeah, no, so the, the bit was, it was, I did a bit a while ago where I was talking that's about how, uh, smoking weed and playing video games is time travel, you know? So, the, I rolled out of bed... Uh, early in the morning, I smoke a bong, I grab that controller, and all of a sudden the sun starts going down, and I'm like, what the fuck happened? And then I was going to add that bit at the end, like, what fucking grade am I in right now? Because I'm a 30-year-old dude, yeah. and uh, it's just like a funny kind of like concept or whatever. But uh, yeah, man, I like I'll just put just a premise, and it's not even funny what I put in, but then I come back to it, I'm like, okay, where was I going with that? Where's the funny in it? And then building off of it, and that's how I make sure I don't, you know, lose anything. Well, and I even have, like, when my phone is dead, which it often is, I'm the worst at fucking charging my phone, which I need to do a bit Speaking about that. Speaking of which, I need to... Yeah, I'm at 1% right now. <laughs> um, uh, I, uh, my laptop is hooked up to my phone as well, so when I write in my notes folder on my laptop, if I'm just watching TV or something, and like find out something funny, I can write it in there and it shows up on my phone. Oh, So no matter where I'm writing, my shit is still like shared. Centralized. So I can, yeah, like do work on other stuff and then have it on my phone. It's just so handy to like scroll through even like depressing poems I've written. Like just when I'm like drunk and sad about something, I'm like, I'm gonna write a poem and the next morning I'm like, God damn it, I wrote a poem about this. Who the fuck am I? Dude, if you honestly just read them despite how much they're not supposed to be funny, I'm sure they would kill. If I read them in like a British accent, I think it would be like... Or as Liam Neeson or something. Yeah, I I would... See, I want to put music to some of my things. Like be able to like play a song while I do parts of something. Or we've seen guitars. Yeah. Let's get you a keyboard on stage. Yeah, I need a I need a good keyboard. Maybe you can get uh, Audrey's little sister to There you go. <laughs> there you go. Come out and play. Sorry, I was just filming both of you, and uh, I shared it. Oh, so, cool. Awesome, man. Um, <laughs> it's out there now. <laughs> um, I was uh, also doing more voices last night. I like mm. like was fucking around with like doing when other people are talking, you do a voice, and it's hard for me to just not immediately. <laughs> I like that you go to Gary. Gary, I know Gary. Yeah, because I've heard you do Gary. Oh, oh, this doesn't feel good. That sounds like my creeper voice, man. <laughs> but I, it's hard for me to not <laughs> go into Kermit. Yeah. Well, like, I was gonna say you gotta, you, and that that was something I was playing with about thinking about my next time or my third time if I do decide it's like because I like being silly. Like my go-to is being silly and being outrageous, and that's my early childhood influence watching Three Stooges and Monty Python. Yeah. It was like, look at how fucking silly. Just be a little bit silly. But it's also like, at what point does it, you know, I mean, Emo Phillips is a character and he can get a little bit annoying, but he actually has pretty funny jokes when you stop and dissect. You're like, ah, that's pretty good. But fuck, his character is annoying. No. So and that and that was my fear. I was like, I don't know. If, I don't think I'm that guy to do like. And uh, I know there's a comedian Brent Morin, who's very good at. If you heard him, yeah, yet? yeah, he's he kind of goes into that. 
and then he can come out of it. And I'm like, well, that's kind of Chris D'Elia too. He's a silly, silly oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Super and his silly. voices are really funny and iconic. And that's yeah. It's kind of the thing is Batal is where... Jean Claude Van Damme. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh my God. God. I'm gonna kick his ass so hard. I'm gonna kick his ass so hard. That's where, like, uh. that's where if you're if you're doing that shit, that's where you need to cut yourself off of media. Well, that's well. Like, oh, okay. I thought right. you were going a different so, direction. No, so that's where that. I'm saying, like, especially or cutting yourself off from stand-ups oh, the okay. more you're yeah, gonna because yeah, yeah. you're gonna want to use the Jim Gaffigan voice you're gonna want to use yeah. the Tom Segura <clears> like <throat> you're gonna want to use all of these iconic things that are so fucking funny yeah. and like fun to imitate and even in your normal life if you watch that stand-up you're gonna say something like they said it mm-hmm. and so yeah that's true that's where yeah. you like I was watching the show mm-hmm. Letterkenny it's my favorite show of all fucking time. It totally replaced Trailer Park Boys as the best Canadian comedy in my mind. Wait, it's, which one? It's, it's called Letterkenny. Yeah. Never. Hey there, bud. It. It's yeah. Hey there, bud. Hey there, bud. <laughs> yeah. You look like or you smell like nachos and you look stoned. <laughs> it's fucking. It's my. It's, it's hilarious. I love it so much. And it was. I ran through both seasons this week, and it was hard for me to not immediately pick up the cadence and do some of the voices right. and like mm-hmm. I like I really had to keep that as a conscious thought to when I was doing voices and when I was making jokes to not mm-hmm. just lean so hard into that and it was really hard uh, I, yeah. I'm gar- I guarantee you I messed up a couple times and like just went straight into a Canadian like their fast talking Canadian like <laughs> thing I guarantee you right. I did it last week um, oh, we have a third guest his name is Viper. Ooh, I like it. Oh, I was going to say, are you allergic to cats? Hopefully not. No, no, we have a cat at home. Okay, that's Viper. He's, he's a regular on the podcast Beautiful now. little cat. He's my black son. He's his black son. <laughs> he's his black child. Um. Uh, no, it's funny you're talking about voices, because I, when, I, when I was going down to Kill Tony, I had this stuff prepared, and it was... Uh, let, let the, what is Kill Tony uh, for those? Oh, are? okay, yeah. Yeah, we so can segue into you, your story of that as totally. well. Sorry. Um, for those of you who don't know Kill Tony, uh, so Tony Hinchcliffe is like a big name actor. He's as big as any of the other big comedians. And he has this podcast where <clears throat> he has like five or six people kind of come up. They uh, do about a minute and then they interview with them, uh, interview with Tony Hinchcliffe for a minute. And uh, you put your name in a bucket. It's like 130 people. Yeah. So your chances are like five and 130 pretty good. to kind of get up there. And uh, I wanted to do something that was just so over the top. It was going to be this really hyper-aggressive, hyper-masculine sort of like uh, voice. And it was going to start with, hi, I'm Jesse Zimbardo. And yeah, I've sucked dick for drugs. <laughs> and I had like some more, it goes into like a, like a whole um, instructional but I couldn't do it without sounding exactly like Samuel L. Jackson. And I was like, they're going to accuse me of doing a minstrel show. Like, this is yeah. going to go south really, really quick. So South uh, pun intended. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Nice. But, uh, yeah, so I started doing it with, like, like you know, just like, hi, I'm Jesse Zimbardo. And, yeah, I've sucked dick for drugs. You that's know? so much more hilarious. And it like, is, yeah. yeah. But um, the jovial. Oh, that dude's a broken just man. The, the but casual. He's happy about it. Yeah. yeah, the casual sort of thing. <laughs> Even like an '80s PSA. Hey, I'm Jesse Zimbardo. Yeah, 
I suck dick for drugs. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing, though, is, like, I know he's always talking about how people need to do honest material. And obviously, that's something that's not honest to me. You know, I've never never done that or anything. But it's, I just wanted something uh, so me. over the top and yeah. so, um, you know, in your face that, you know, I would kind of... Uh, be burned into their memory and it's one of those things that's like it's either going to go well or it's going to bomb so bad that you know they're going to be laughing at me rather than with me but the thing is is they love it when people bomb on that show so mm. to have that kind of gamble it's like i'm either going to do great or i'm going to do bad which is good you yeah, know yeah, yeah. so that was kind of like my whole strategy behind it but now i have a completely different minute that's more structured it's more me it's more thought-provoking and uh, it's gonna, you know, be what I present up there. I haven't done it yet, but uh, I, th I think it's gonna go well. I feel pretty comfortable nice. with it and everything. But. The suck for drugs, like <laughs> the jovial suck for drugs thing, is all about the commitment. Oh, that's like that's not waiting or even like acknowledging the audience's presence. That's like you have to like commit to that character so tough for it to be funny. Yeah, just no asking for no like acknowledgement from the audience, like. You, as long as you continue that, there are going to be people who weren't laughing at first that will then like be like, oh, it doesn't matter if I'm laughing or not, this is going to happen. And like, they, yeah. they're along for the ride. Yeah, well, they're, they're, yeah, there's a, yeah, you definitely have to commit to it 100%, even if it doesn't <laughs> land, just like you're saying. Yeah, like the, the first part, the first step in the instructional is like, um, before you get started, you're going to need two things. Knee pads and the cheapest mascara you can find. Why? Because <laughs> you're going to be crying quite a bit. You know? And <laughs> See, that's great. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, but, no, it, it was something that I was like, it, it'll be over the top, but I'd rather, like, you know, I feel like I don't, I don't want it to come off hacky. And that's the thing, like... You don't really know how something's going to be interpreted until you get some legitimate criticism, mm -hmm. which is what I've been looking for. People keep telling me I need to go to places to bomb, and I drove all the way to L.A. hoping that I would either do well or bomb, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I really do need to start hitting some some different venues and, and getting some different crowds. It's just hard because uh, recently married, we're about to celebrate our one year, and... Uh, my wife's pregnant. I found out we're going to be having a son, so Holy that's shit. really cool. I mentioned you, that. You made a night. great joke about it too. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. We were, I was. I told the crowd. Uh, yeah, I found out this week that uh, me and my wife are having a boy, and you know what that means? We're keeping it. And uh, <laughs> it got some good laughs, and then they got like the right kind of groan that you want—the the like groan. Oh. Yeah, exactly. The laughing groan. And I was like, okay, yeah. good. That's the response I wanted because you never know. And then you said like just some straight up like American family humor, which was like, like, and you know what that means? Like, we're keeping the seat up now. Majority rules, bitch. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It was, it was perfect. Yeah. Like that was, yeah. It was it was the perfect two jokes for that and then just a little one two yeah, yeah that was yeah the one two punch right there it's, yeah. yeah something super like offensive almost <laughs> but then something that like is so relatable just like the seat up conversation is so universal American, yeah American. like relatable yeah totally but yeah, no, Kill Tony was a trip though, man. I got to meet like uh, I met, met Theo Vaughn, I met Tony Hinchcliffe, Russell Peters, and the cool thing is, is and it, you know, you hear other podcasts talking about the the comedian club. Like once you start performing it, you're in this club, mm -hmm. and uh, that was the first place. I mean, you you feel it doing open mics and everything, but going to like the holy mecca of comedy yeah. and having big name people like 
actually talk with you and have FaceTime with you and not like trying to rush you or get you out of the way, you know, like yeah. really taking the time to hear you out. It was so cool. And then finding out that, you know, if you stay there to a certain time that they'll let you go in any room pretty yeah. much and watch comedy without awesome. having to charge you. It's, it's such a supporting kind of uh, atmosphere, man. Like comedians really understand what those little gestures mean to people, you yeah. know, especially people that are so aware of social atmosphere. That's a big part of comedy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a huge eye opener. I can't wait to go down. If you, if you guys ever want to carpool, I um, totally so down. We're, we're definitely we're definitely doing a remote in LA. Yeah. Uh, I've got my little digital recorder. We'll go to. I'm not obviously. I'm not going to sit there and be an asshole to record. <laughs> but. On the car ride back, we will podcast on the way back. About Dude, it. that would be rad. Yeah, no, man. I, I've, yeah. This is my first time doing a podcast, and I really enjoy like this whole atmosphere. It's really cool to just be able to talk and have like a good conversation. I feel like a, a lot of people uh, really are wanting that in one form or another. Is just having a good like mm-hmm. in depth conversation with somebody. Yeah, I mean, we're we're at an hour, and it's like. Jeez, that's felt quick. like no time at all. I know, and and that's the point is like it should be casual, and it's like we can talk about what the fuck ever, but you know, because you're in the comedy scene now, it's we're gonna talk about comedy. But if you guys want to talk about, you know, equal right, no, <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that. Uh, they ain't equal. But, <laughs> I get it, Chick Fil A. No, I got a lot to say about stuff like that, but maybe I'll, I'll hold on to stuff. I have a lot to say, a lot to say about religion and just government in general. Well, I mean, we don't ever shy away from it, it's making, called, making it's, fun of religion. It's called <laughs> government. 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 There's yeah. a two Bs and an you R. For the bank? And a My G. daddy told me to shoot anybody that's here from the bank. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's uh, let's get into a little bit. Some of your influences. I know you said Richard Pryor. We'll, we'll do some top, and I'll ask Henry top five too, because I, I don't think I've ever asked Henry's. It's okay. No pressure. Just think about it. Um, I'm going to go pee while you guys think about it. All right. Talk cool. amongst yourselves. Don't get So I'm going to say top five, no order. Like, okay. Yeah, no, okay. No order will we'll alleviate a lot. If you can totally. fucking read my handwriting, go for it. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I feel like with anything, it's really hard. Like, you know, I think like one of the stupidest questions you can ask is what's your favorite color, you know? Because yeah. it's just like... Colors are all dope, dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, I, you know, with comedy, you know, asking who your top five comedians are, I feel like it's really cool because it kind of shows you know, who your influences are, where you're getting a lot of your style from, even if it's, you know, not conscious. Um, but no, so my top five, the top four are really easy. And the fifth one is kind of interchangeable. Um, but Richard Pryor, George Carlin are like the two old schools. I I feel like Dave Chappelle and Louis CK. So we got like, you know, one white comedian, one black comedian from back in the day. Now we have but the 2.0. But also, Louis C.K. wrote Pootie Tang. Oh, no, dude. He is... Yeah, he's... And that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, he's one of those guys that's just, like, universally, culturally relevant. Um, and then the fifth spot always changes for me. I, I put Bill Burr there just mm. because there's so much of his stuff that he likes. And 
You know, the list that I have, I always tell people I have a basic bitch list because there's some people that will say stuff like, oh, I really like David Tell, Doug Stanhope, and I'm like, I totally understand that, and I totally love that. The the person that I interchange with Bill Burr every once in a while is uh, Patrice O'Neill. Oh, He's another guy that I'm just like, you watch his stuff and you're like, why do I even think I can do this, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's really easy to get discouraged with people that are so fucking talented. Um, thank you. I know what you mean. Um Okay, so in this is no order. Is that what we're looking at? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, this is your handwriting? Yeah. Mine's worse. I tried. I tried real hard. I can, no, I was gonna. It's, well, it's not that bad. I don't understand. <laughs> well, if, so. I, if I'm trying to write fast or I haven't had lunch, oh buddy, looks like a crack baby. Like crack baby. Crack baby is in its left hand. <laughs> so you're including Richard Pryor as well. Yeah. 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 Uh, you, Henry. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, no. Oh, wait, no, so, Jesse, this is your mm-hmm. top five. Richard Pryor, George Carlin, Dave Chappelle, Louis C.K., Bill Burr. Yep, that for, as for right now, okay. the only one that will change is maybe Bill Burr, but those are my top four with him as my top fifth and, for now. And this is not meant to be like... Yeah, I know. Well, you can never change. <laughs> yeah. You said it, You're now on it's on trial. paper. <laughs> like, so, mine well, changes all the time, but th- those core that's the influence that we grew up. Like, I assume that that's... Those are your core, who who got who sunk into your soul, and it's like that ins- that kind of lit that comedy fire. Is is basically th- these this list is what that is for me, and of course they're always going to fluctuate, but it's it's kind of nice to just put a, a label on yeah. top yeah, the, five. These are the people that inspired me. The other people that were comedians that inspired me to do comedy were also the ones that did really bad. Because mm. I'm looking at these people right. and I'm like not laughing at their special. And I'm like, well, fuck it. I could do better stuff. Like these premises are mm. pretty weak. I could build on these better than, you know, that. Or maybe they're just not trying or they have a bad set or whatever. But that was yeah. the other thing. It was like not only the good people that are like, go out there, go to the comedy store, see the Mecca. But it was also the people that are like, I'm getting paid millions of dollars and you don't like me. You know, yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm curious. Henry, who, who, do you, who do you got as your uh, top um, five? So this is, I'm going to specify for, these are stand, like stand-up comedians. because I, And some of them have branched out into other things because some of my favorite mm-hmm. comedians are people who have made TV shows. Right, they're not, mm-hmm. they're not like, stand-ups. But mm-hmm. uh, for, for stand-up comedy, um, Ricky Gervais is one for sure. Oh, yeah, he's um, amazing. Yeah, I listened to his podcast when I was in middle school, back when back when that was going on. So that was mm-hmm. a long fucking time ago. I didn't even know he had a podcast. Uh, it's fucking hilarious. The Ricky Gervais Show with Stephen Merchant and Carl Pilkington. It is one of the funniest things ever. And you, like, half of the comedy in it is hearing him just bust up laughing <laughs> at fucked up shit he said. Yeah. But I, lo- I love his stand-up. Uh, Dimitri Martin mm-hmm. is one of those people mm, that like yeah. blew my mind. I'm like, this can be stand up. Like, Great. you can do this. Yeah, as something. Um, I don't really like alt comedy, but I do like Dimitri Martin quite yeah. a bit. Um, fuck. Um, I mean, I there's some really good old school stuff out there, and it's. It's so crucial to the building blocks of comedy, and yet, like, to me, old school Saturday Night Live and Monty Python mm. resonates more with me than old school stand up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, honestly, one of my favorites growing up was Daniel Tosh. 
don't know. I'm gonna Dude. throw him on my top five. I I love Daniel. He's Tosh he's too. very very good. Um, and people th- that people that dislike him, I'm like, is it because he's crass? Yeah. But that's the point. So is he, he... his evil twin brother is also going to be on my list, <laughs> Anthony Jeselnik. Yeah, I don't um, know who that yeah. is. Anthony Jeselnik is like one of the best mean comedians. He's like, very mean. He does a lot of dead baby. He's jokes. a mean boy. <laughs> okay, uh, like okay. fucked up shit that is also really poignant and honest, and yet you you know it's fake to a certain level. He does a really good job playing that. And he walks around the stage like a fucking snake. He literally like yeah. slithers as he goes mm. around. Yeah. And he has this evil grin on his face as he does it. You should watch the special thoughts and prayers. Oh, yeah. okay. I have seen him. Yeah. I do like his stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know who you're talking so, about. So yeah, thoughts finding and that balance between being charismatic and actively assaulting your audience <laughs> with like <laughs> yeah. fucked it's, up shit. It, it's a good balance. It's it's a fascinating to me just the way he's able to pull that off, and I think I have to uh, kind of just give him credit and and yeah. Um, I mean, he's... like add add that in because it's it's something that I'm constantly trying to pull off is that borderline between sadness and and <laughs> and fucked up things that I can get away with. And then I'll probably end with Neil Brennan. Uh love me some Neil. Um Neil I, he's he's, oh, God, he's newer yeah. into the comedy scene than he was. And again, it was because he was making shorts and he was writing for Dave. Dude, uh, Dave Chappelle. Yep. Um so it's uh, his three mic stand up is it's I think one of the most poignant pieces of comedy that you can watch and step away with feel it like other than like uh Hassan Minaj's Homecoming King um mm. that's one of those stand up specials that you will laugh your ass off and really feel something at the end of it totally and that's I know I don't always get there with the way I bring my audience up and down but I try to convey that my pain is something to be laughed at but something to be understood and felt mm-hmm. as well that we, you should get a little dose of empathy and understanding about who I am at the end of it. And as well as, I'm a fucking minstrel, laugh at me, watch me dance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like finding that in-between between something super real that you're going to rip somebody's heart out and something so silly that they can't help but laugh. Yeah, well, Dave Chappelle's a good example of that with political humor. He does the same thing with the, with the sadness. Because I was actually, when you said Neil Brennan, I was going to talk about how moving that special was. But you, yeah. you totally nailed that. But um, yeah, no, it, Dave Chappelle, like he'll do these political jokes and it's 95% humor, 5% political. But the five percent that pl- that's political is so poignant and it's so in the background honest. that it just yeah it hits you and you absorb it and that's a big part of what you remember about it is not really not even really what he said but the the feeling and the direction he was going in you know th- th- there's this really awesome TED talk saying that um, it was talking about ways of changing people's opinion and scientifically so far the best way to change someone's opinion that you're in an argument with it is with humor. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like that's something that he does really, really well, and a lot of other comedians do too. You know, if you can crack a joke and somebody who doesn't agree with you laughs at it because they can see the little bit of truth that's in it, yeah, it's it's moving. The it's negative very, very truth moving. is always like the key to a joke is whether it's your truth or a universal truth. That is kind of the the key to a real punchline is 
it's either going against what somebody knows to be true or yeah. like leaning into what is true about it. Like that it's the key to all humor is something you can recognize to be true. Yeah. Um God damn. <laughs> I, it's, it's I got a, nothing. It's no. been a good poignant podcast. It we has been talk, very good. We've had an advanced um, conversation about comedy. I love it, man. And I want to keep it going. I'll I'll throw out my top five. Please um, do. Oh, yeah. Let's hear this. We're um, going to judge you. <laughs> please ju- judge the shit right out of me. <laughs> um, oh, that was actually going to be a, a bit is making fun of people that sing their punchlines. Oh. oh. Hey, guys, I promise I'm not going to come out here and sing my punchlines <laughs> for you. <laughs> Fuck you. Get out. <laughs> um, be a singer or a comedian. Not both. Yeah, you can't be both. <laughs> and then Nick then is going to come up and slap you in the face. <laughs> and that's okay. You know, he wouldn't. He'd be like, no, let's he... smoke a joint and talk about how you're wrong. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> After All right. drinking a joint sounds amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jaunt. Um, That's that jaunt again. So definitely uh, Carlin is in there. Okay. And I'm going to write it down. Even though it's my own list, I got to write it down. And again, I I think Carlin's fucking amazing. I just, for me growing up, especially like Carlin was something that like friends were like, oh, right, right. Like your parents didn't show you George Carlin. And then when I told my parents, I was like, why didn't you show me George Carlin? Like, oh, well, we love him. Let's watch. <laughs> like it right. Was, but, it, yeah. it wasn't relevant in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, yeah. And that's fine. You don't have to justify it. You're wrong. But no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Carlin, um, one of the hardest I've ever laughed, and I, he will never not be in my, he'll be in my top three forever, is Patton Oswalt. Oh, um, man. Yeah. Another person who walks that line between heartfelt, mm. emotional, and fucking mm. super funny. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> just thinking about some of his, his bit. It, it's almost, again, that moment of like, why do I even try? Like, this motherfucker is so good at just fuck. Like, you took that and you made that, like, gut busting funny. Like, fuck. But Why like, should I even it's, try? But it's, it's inspiring. It's it is jealousy oh my God. of like, how are you able to like, yeah. like emote that mm. well? Like, understand yeah. yourself and make it funny in that way. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I, I need, I need to tell you about it. You've probably seen it. Have you seen the Parks and Rec? Uh, bit that he did where he goes on a filibuster. Yes. Oh my god, that was it's the amazing. funniest shit. As soon as I saw that, I was like, okay, I yeah. need to see like three of his specials yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah, he's 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 very very special. Um, Pat Oswalt definitely in my top five. Um, another one that <laughs> again, I love him as a. Yeah, I won't include him just because, but I'll I'll shout uh, just for fun. It's just because I love him. Is Pete Holmes? I mm. love him. His comedy is mm. great, but it's like he's become something else now. He's become he's got his own show, and it's like he had his like he's one of my favorites. But stand up wise, like mm. I'm totally uh, I'm so sorry. I know who you're gonna say, John Mulaney. Yeah, come oh, on, dude, yeah. that's my wife's favorite. We love John Mulaney. How did I know that? It's because him and Pete Holmes are really good friends. Yeah. Speaking about singing punchlines, uh, his Delta Airlines. Because <laughs> oh, life Delta is Airlines. a fucking nightmare. Oh, dude, that's I watch that bit like at least once a month. It's so good. It's um, probably one of my favorite air favorite airport 
joke of all time is his Delta Airlines bit. Say it. I actually okay. So John Mulaney, before I got married, I was we were doing our um, uh, bachelor party, and we were in this place that had a jukebox. And I tried to do the salt and pepper diner oh, thing. Oh, nice. And unfortunately, the technology so good that the bartender was able to see. He's like, no, what yeah. are you doing? So it played what <laughs> I paid for 20 songs. They played one, and then they went to the next person's list. And oh, I was like, no. no, you know about it. Yeah. But, oh, oh man, John so, Mulaney. Yeah, I was going to say, he, and he, even his old, um, the top part, like that old special, yeah. when he was still a writer and nobody really knew. It's fucking hilarious. He's, he's one of the. He's just so tight. He's so good. Um, well, he's he he has a true voice. Like yeah. he knows what he likes to joke about, and that's the other yeah. thing is what do you what do you think is fucking funny? Mm-hmm. Like talk about it. <laughs> exactly. I saw um, somebody do a, an impression. Of, I think it was Jay Farrow. I, I don't remember the comedian's name, but it's this Afri- African American yeah, dude. Yeah, it's probably Jay Farrow. He does really. Is good it, okay? I, I, he's an SNL dude, right? He used to be. Yeah. Okay. He, a, he's not on it anymore. Yeah. There's a he did a good a Eddie Murphy impression yeah. <laughs> that he does a John Mulaney and. It's so good. It's just like ten seconds of him talking as John Mulaney, but it's so on point and so unexpected because he has that. Hi, I'm John Mulaney. You know, just that yeah. like that. Uh, hello, you. Which also. Oh, hello. Someone's yeah. in here. <laughs> Someone's in here. <laughs> Someone's in here. I say. I say. Me and my, me and the guy that I work with, we say that to each other all the time because there's always like four or five like someone's in here. That's, Someone's in here. Oh God. Um, yeah. Also, you guys need to see Into the Spider Verse. Oh yeah, he plays the pig, right? He's Spider. Spide, Spidey Pig or Spider Ham. Okay. And I'm it not... is. Oh, I'm is seeing it out? when I go. So I'm going. Yeah, I'm. So I'm, I'm debating seeing it. I'm I'm going with my family on uh new or on Christmas Eve. But I'm oh, like yeah. every moment that passes, I'm like, there's a 9:30 showing. Like, um, I want to go again as bad as possible. Like, it's so insane. I'll say it now. Um, sorry, Prio. I I said, Prio, I'll go see it. He was like, dude, you're coming back. Let's go see it. Yes, I'm going to see it. But if you want to see it this weekend, let me know and I'll go see it. Yeah. It, I'm, I'm down to it. it. All right. Louis Campo said it the best. It's like the first time you saw The Incredibles. Oh, that's really? cool. Visually, it is the most impressive film I have ever seen. Okay. Awesome. No, like, any... Nothing is better visually than this movie. Okay. It is the first, in my opinion, the first comic book movie. Mm. Okay. Mm. All right. That's awesome. Okay, don't talk yeah. about it anymore. Yeah. All right. yeah. but, no. but John Mulaney's ba- fucking hilarious. That's awesome that he's... So, back to your top five. Yeah. God. Yeah. Now, see, again, this is not set in stone, but these are the what I grew up listening to. Uh, Louis C.K. Mm. Yeah. One of the fun, hardest I've ever laughed. Yeah. Is when he, <laughs> he's just he has too many that I'm just like how is like he's just funny. His God bit, damn his it. bit on the N word, mm. made mm-hmm. me die laughing the first time and, I heard and, it. And, it, and it, I, for our listeners, if you've never heard Louis C.K.'s bit on the N word, and he the whole bit is on the N word, mm-hmm. um, you gotta be. It's he it does he does it so well that it's like <laughs> there's a reason YouTube hasn't taken it off right of they're like it's he's really well crafted um, and I'm sure like 
like we are three white guys around a table talking about right. how this other white dude is hilarious for doing a joke about the n-word but honestly if you have a funny bone in your body you'll like it is hilarious he points it's super yeah. insensitive and yeah. yet it like it's done in the right way so yeah. I'm going to say something that will probably ruin the chance of me ever having a career in comedy. Oh, Bullshit. Good. But the way I, I had seen Lucy K when he did his Comedy Central Presents, that was the only time I had ever seen him. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know who he was. And I was watching the some of the Dane Cook specials before everybody called him out. And they were like, yeah, he, he took these bits. And I was watching a compilation of him taking bits from Lucy K. And that's how I discovered who Louis C.K. was before he went and got big and everything. Interesting. Yeah, so I saw, I was like, oh, these bits, oh, he took them off of him? That's pretty funny. I wonder if he has anything else. And I saw his bit about being broke, uh, what he would do with Bill Gates' money. Like, all these were on YouTube, and I saw, like, two of them, and I was like, well, let me watch his specials. And I saw his specials, and his efficiency is so good. Every word that he says, like, you can't take any single word out of each of his sentences, and he does it for, like, an hour or an hour and a half straight. Yeah. And his punchlines, all of his concepts are so, like, very poignant, and they're very, like, basic ideas that everybody can kind of understand and relate to. Like, his 2018 bit, talking about... um, why is it the why is it that we're in 2018? What happened 2018 years ago? And that guy yells, "Christ!" You know, and he talks about how yeah. like you know it all started with the the death of Jesus and everything, and how the the Christians have won because we're all on their calendar, you know. And it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things that you know I would have never really thought of, despite the fact that it's so easy to understand and digest, and it's in your face every single day. Um, but yeah, just how poignant and efficient he is, man. There, there's nobody, nobody that I can think of that can that can beat that. He, he is a easily for my generation comparison to George Carlin impact wise and just mm. proliferate. Like pro, that's a made up word. Um, proliferate is a dope made up word though. <laughs> That sounds like <laughs> the proletariat, yeah. but the proliferate. a proliferate of comedy. But what he did with his show, writing, editing, filming, like he is, he did everything in that show yeah. by himself. He took out a loan from, I can't remember what other comedian it was. It might've been Ben Stiller. He took out like a, right. a huge loan from another major comedian to yeah. buy a red camera and a, and a MacBook. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. And, and make his show by himself, and it's one of the best comedy. Like it is one of the best shows. You're talking about Louie, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I love that show. The funny thing about it is I can't watch more than four or five episodes because oh, no. of how awkward. It's like oh, he builds off of exhausting. awkward energy yeah. so well. Yeah, you're just constantly nervous. And like it's uh, it's oh. upsetting. Yeah. But it, it, it does yeah. that's what he does so well yeah. is he grabs you. You know, he, he really he really gets that, that reaction across to you. Right? And I'll massage him a little more more before I move on <laughs> to my other comedians, but something that he also does very, very well is he has these just like deep, holy fuck, like great perspectives, like hilarious deep. And then he goes really silly, really quickly, very well. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, a fucking bat with it. It has, and it has a face. Like that shouldn't be funny, but it's fucking funny. 
And it's like it is funny though because you look at so many animals and we're like, oh, it's the animal, and then you're like, and then it has a face. Yeah, (laughs) but but that's what I love about him is he can go. He's so good at going. He's gonna take you all the way to the deep, 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 deep end, and he'll bring you back with a little silly one-liner, and you're like, and that's what I was talking about with my friend Kyle Prio. Who needs to do stand-up, you fucker, if you listen to this. Pressure's Fuck on. Fuck you, Prio. <laughs> but we were talking about how even the bet, like those comedians that are just straight, like, let me bear my soul, they still write just great jokes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They still have those, um, they have a joke lined up. They're like, I see what's going on. Let me just throw this in as a little pepper and salt on that. It's like, yeah, I'm just... They're riffing, and then they're like, "Oh, but I also have these jokes that I wrote." That's my favorite you know what I mean? thing. When I'm if I'm riffing, and then I realize that it lines up with a joke I have written, yeah. it feels so much better than me saying a joke I've written and then riffing afterwards. Like mm-hmm. if all of a sudden, if something I stumble into mm-hmm. has a deep connection with a joke I've written it lands so much harder with the audience yeah. because oh, yeah. you go into something where you kind of like are, are searching around in the dark and you find that line and you fucking pull It's that on seamlessness it. and, and, and ooh, ooh. Yeah, I've seen you do that hosting. Belly. Yeah, where, where, where you'll be, mm. you'll just be riffing on somebody and then it'll like build into something that I've seen you do before. And yeah, just being able to, to get that much more uh, attention and energy built into your crowd before that punchline, it makes it pay off so much better. And it just fucking feels good. Like when you're cutting wrapping paper and your scissors glide. Oh, oh dude. Ooh, nice, sharp, everything lines up and you're like, that's a straight line, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, fucking love you, Louie. <laughs> um, and I thought about this long, and, and 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 I'm basing this based on like also like influence, but also just who fucking made me laugh to the point of just like I will quote them or and Matt Bronger. He's not oh, very well known. Oh, I, love I, need Matt to, I need to look up his face. Matt Bronger from Portland, isn't he? God damn oh, it! Um, I love that man very much. He's, He's so funny. I'm gonna have to take a picture of this, or, or take a picture and send it to me. Yeah, I yeah, wanna, yeah. I want to see some of these guys. That, oh, uh, dude, I haven't seen before. You, listen to Matt Bronger. He's, Matt Bronger. He's okay. um, he's just good. It's he's just he's a goofy, but he's very good. Like, I anyways, he's on my top five just because the way he makes me laugh, and he makes me laugh in a way of like. And it's that influence of just like, it's that conversational, like, I'm listening to a buddy. Is when I listen mm. to his comedy, I'm like, this is like one of my friends, I feel like. Um, That's so cool. I got to put Matt Bronger up there. One, two, three, four. And again, like we said, these are fluid lists, but these are also like, um, oh, man. Somebody I put together with Matt Bronger yeah. in that same, is Rob Delaney. Oh fuck! See, and I know I know the name, and I know I've heard him, but it's one of those. Um, he, I think like Rob Delaney, Matt Bronger, and Pete Holmes are mm-hmm. all of the same, like looking like very sweet boys, like like boys that are in <laughs> men, adult <laughs> men's bodies. 
that like Matt Bronger has the best line about these. He's like, I, and it's an old bit. He says, "I know what I look like: a long baby." Yeah, it's it's, it's, <laughs> it's fucking it's all perfect. This thing, yeah, a long they, baby. They have this like little innocence about them, and then they'll do some like either raunchy shit or like. But it all is derived yeah. from the sweetness that you can tell is genuine. It, yeah. it all goes back yeah. to that that genuine genuinity. Fuck, fuck words. We're inventing words yeah. right now, motherfucker. Genuinity. Yeah. Like, it, it comes from this nice. genuine place where you can tell they are really sweet boys. And they, like, yeah. <laughs> they yeah. are, are that way. But the three of them have this way of just, okay. like, tickling. Like, yeah, Rob Delaney and Matt Brown I know, are. and I know Rob Delaney's been on Pete Holmes' podcast before. Oh, I'm sure he um, has. That sounds so much like John Mulaney. I know, Rob, Rob Delaney <laughs> and John Mulaney. <laughs> Dude, they should work together. They should. <laughs> Delaney and Mulaney. <laughs> um and i you guys can groan all you want but see and and i look at your list and i'm like let's just make i love all i love all comedians um there actually i don't sorry there's a few that i'm like fuck right off but um i have to put them because i've seen them live and i've listened to them since i was 14 is Brian Regan. Oh, yeah. No, good. Um, love Brian good, Regan. Good choice. And the reason is, is like, I when I saw that dude live, you talk about someone that's just like, it's seamless. The dude is so good. Mm-hmm. He comes out and, it, and he's got, he exudes just goofy energy. And you're just, him walking out got laughs. Because he kind of struts out. He does he this like shoulder stretch. Yeah. He has the best dumb guy voice too oh, of yeah. all time. Where was you at? <laughs> yeah, like and it and it's so good. But he his and he his, is clean. But boy, also and I brought it up a couple of episodes ago. Uh, if you ever want to hear him do a dirty set, listen to the Nerdist interview with Chris and I've I love need to Chris see Hardwick. That. Very funny dude as well. But. Chris Hardwick's like, what would your dirty set sound like? And Brian Regan's like, I'll fucking... T-. And he goes into it and you're just like, oh, this, uh, my life's complete. But, God, I want to see that so bad. Because <clears throat> yeah. if you can do it without cursing, man. And Because and and that's what they talk about. <clears throat> is like... And and every comedian... Mo, I'm not going to say every comedian, but most comedians that talk about Brian Regan, they're like, uh, bow down. Because that dude is just genuinely funny. Mm-hmm. And he's clean. Okay, well that forget all that. He's funny. He writes. He's been he writes Disneyland. Holy <laughs> shit! Where the, the family oh, like weasels so their way in front of him in line. He's like, first I saw the kid go, and then I saw another uh, kid, and then a mom scooted over, and I thought she was gonna bring him back, and then the dad came for. And he does. Oh, it's like so. I like threw a person to the or like the wanted to like throw a person in the air, and they'd be like, why did he do that? And you're like, oh. I thought it was anarchy. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember it, that. Like, yeah. that shit makes me... Uh, again, it's something that's like, that is truth. That is truth in how you feel. Like, yeah. being able to recognize, like, this deep-seated anger or sadness in all of us that, like, if you can tap into one of those feelings that you know other people have. Totally. No, another perfect example of that exactly. He does. If you go on Pandora, look at Brian Regan Marriage. He does this bit, and it's all this buildup, but at the very end of it, he's talking about um, going on a golfing trip with his friend who's recently divorced, and he's talking with his wife, and his wife's like, so... How's your friend go? Or how's your friend doing? He was, you know, with you today, right? And he goes, uh, I don't know. And he's like, 
she's like, well, you were golfing with him for four hours. Didn't you ask him? Or didn't you think to ask him how <laughs> he's been doing? That's a great bit, yeah. And he, and he goes, no, nah, I didn't think of that. And it's just like, it's <laughs> so true to yeah. us guys that that whole like not being in touch with emotion or like yeah. not bringing it up. And for a woman, just that whole opposite thing of like, why wouldn't you ask these basic yeah. questions? Yeah, you're, you didn't ask how he's doing. No, no. I asked, I asked where he golf. bought his club. Yeah, it's a great fucking. Well, I then know she, that bit. Then, yeah, a, then she goes, uh, "Is he seeing anyone?" He's like, "I don't know. He's he's got a new driver. I know." It's <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't yeah. think it was gonna come up, but yeah, no. Brian Regan is another one of my like favorites. Yeah, that's man. not a groaner for for me. No, well, no. And that, I don't know why I even said that, but some, some people are that way. I have heard like, criticism oh, about that. And fuck, dude. I again these lists. It's, I it's who who are subjective. some of your top five? <laughs> who are some of your top? Um, <laughs> let's just change it to like because influence wise, like man, let's throw Kyle Kinane in there. F- yeah, who are five of your top ten comedians? That's our list right who now. Who are five? Who are five of your top ten? Because I know yeah, I could probably right. throw another five in there who I'm forgetting right now. But those are five of my top. Oh 10 fuck, comedians. Paul F. Tompkins. See again, and but I love Paul <laughs> Bill F. Tompkins. Hicks. Yeah, Bill, Bill Hicks. Hicks. Bill Hicks. Mm-hmm. Like all, there's so many people in in comedy. Paul in Barry. General. I mean, go to fucking Flight of the Concords. Oh, yeah. so like yeah. so some of these are like are different parts of comedy and are, Com- are they're, they're comedians, but they're not stand up comics. Well, and yeah. Fly the Concords are. Are they? They. they That's true. They, they do started the, out. Yeah. Just they do doing, rock duos. Yeah. Yeah. Jemaine. Live on stage, and Jemaine. they have banter and they have bits and like do a whole thing. It's so I. There's so much in this, and Nick Thune is honestly one of my favorite comedians. All of these people are incredible in their own way i i can only think of five at a time it's like asking what's like what are your top five favorite bands and i'm like uh oh what genre like you you have to narrow it down for me first before i can even address that question it's the the paradox of choice if you have too many choices it becomes harder yeah for sure fuck that but dude coming back to that that whole you know guy girl type of like mentality thing there's something that I've noticed that I've been really wanting to get out and just tell people about. And, you know, there's this big question surrounding comedy of, like, why is it so male-dominated? And uh, I feel like a big part of that is the way that guys express emotions to each other. Like, women, they can express a wide ranges, a wide range of emotions towards each other, and it's no big deal. They, they, they get that understanding, that bond. And I feel like for guys, because we're so limited you know, the way that we express love towards each other is through humor. And shit-talking. And, sh- yeah, w- which is hazing humor, yeah. you know? Um, but, no, I feel like that is such a big part of it, and I feel like that's also why it's so dominated by us, because it's like every friend that you have is usually somebody that can make you laugh, you know, mm-hmm. very hard and very genuinely often. And, you know, for a lot of guys, it's really hard to kind of... Uh, express those feelings but when you're just bullshitting and making your best friend laugh because you understand how he thinks or whatever and you land those jokes um yeah man i've never thought about that and i think i agree like i and it's not that i haven't had friends that are female who are not funny in our group but it's something that even then it's when you're genuinely trying to express something, 
males and females are slightly different in that way that I think females can be a little more in touch with their emotions where masculinity just through how it has been well it's kind of like you can't break but if you make fun of yourself and you ball bust yourself a little bit that's my whole shit is Mm self-deprecating and yet it's my way of letting people know it's like I'm sad (laughs) (laughs) but it's I have to do a silly voice I can't just like be like Hey everybody! I would. I really need to you to know yeah. that I'm feeling yeah. sad. And, and a guy would. If you did that time. to me, and and this isn't even, and you would make fun of me, and it would be hilarious. <laughs> I'd be like Henry. Hey man, you, you want know? me to call Oprah? Do you want me to try to find your balls for you? Is That's that okay? great, bro. And then Maybe when you, and then as bro. soon as, well, and the funny part is, as soon as you leave, I'm putting on fucking like the national and like crying a little bit. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> we all do that, and that's the thing. Right. It's like we all know we're all like every single human is a bunch of pussies, whether you're male, female, whatever you are. We're all emotional little suckers, but we have different ways of hiding and masking it. Well, the thing, the thing I was gonna say. The, what I really like about that explanation and the reason I want to get that idea out is because it doesn't really say it, it's not saying anything negative towards women because women can be just as funny as men but I the the metaphor I like to use is like if emotions were a box of crayons guys get like three colors brown you know? Burnt sienna and gray. Yeah, so you get good. You get good using those colors together and making mm. whatever you want. But yeah, I feel like that is a big like underlying explanation. Uh, I also I I know a way to find out if you're funny or not, like a way to gauge right. if you're funny or not. And the way that I go about it is because uh, that's one of those things that you know a lot of people they don't know if they're funny until a certain point or whatever. But a good way to gauge if you're funny is when you're thinking of your material before you go up. If you give yourself a little bit of uh, a pause after your punchline. And you give yourself the appropriate amount because not everything you're going to be saying is going to be crushing, you know, side splitting humor. It's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of anecdotes and then a couple really big hitters. But if you give yourself a certain amount of time and you can guess or gauge how much the audience is going to react and then you go perform it and it starts to follow in those lines or it doesn't follow in those lines, that's a good way of gauging, you know, if your sense of humor is kind of like up to par with where it should be. Well, even like, is your yeah. cadence funny? Mm-hmm. Like, are are you giving people the right pacing? It's fucking hip hop, but it's comedy. It's you, like, are you in the pocket? Like, mm-hmm. is what you're saying like? Because sometimes you gotta cut off laughter. You gotta like instead of letting a joke ride out mm-hmm. and then building up, you gotta let people laugh for a little bit and jump right back in. Yeah, because you haven't got to the main. So yeah, and then it just, that's where it gets people building, where if you let people laugh it out from that, and then try to start it back up, you're gonna fucking fail. But yeah, you have to, it's Mm hip-hop. It is, it is writing a rap. (laughs) And that just makes me think too, like, and uh, uh, on top of the top five and ten, I, I listen to, I... There's no number of how many times I listen to Eddie Murphy Raw. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. That motherfucker was... <laughs> him between him and Richard Pryor is just like back and forth. So talented, yeah. I I had to call Richard. And I was like, Bill called me and told me that I shouldn't curse. Well, tell Bill to have a coke in his mouth. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was like that whole and boy, oh how they, the mighty have fallen. Uh, Bill Cosby. 
yeah. But Bob but, Bell. But but it's, it's I actually never listened to Bill Cosby comedy. Mm. I I have but, I but have Eddie Murphy like on vinyl. I just thinking about it, I was like fuck I listened to the shit out of Eddie Murphy when I was young. Eddie Murphy and I, was Ed, hilarious. Uh, he still, still is hilarious. Is, yeah, yeah. Like honestly, I I always think about what this how this movie would have been different. It's one of my favorite <laughs> mm. movies of all time. How would Shrek have been with the original casting of Chris, Chris Farley, Farley and Eddie Murphy? Oh. Those two riffing off each other would have been fuck. I mean, Mike Myers is one of the go. Like, I love he's Mike Wait, Myers. it was supposed to be Chris Farley originally. There's it, still they, recordings they have, of him. Yeah, they like, had him. They started the movie how with him. How long ago did they start that? It was project? when he was alive. Ninety-seven. That's crazy. Yeah. I, when did it? Well, I guess it's not that. Probably came out two thousand. It's so important. God damn it. Two thousand one. Did Shrek come out? Yes. I didn't but realize ninety-seven was when yeah. they were seventeen years. Jesus. So yeah, but yeah, it's um, yeah because it, it took them four years to make this new Spider-Man movie um, yeah. in the animation. So I'm assuming Shrek took a lot longer, but yeah, it was gonna be Chris Farley. But either way, yeah, like to me that movie wouldn't be the same with like that movie relied on Eddie Murphy. Yeah, like totally. the character of Donkey could have been the most annoying fucking character mm-hmm. that nobody it could. It could have been a fucking Jar Jar Binks. I was gonna make that exact reference. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's what it could have been. Mm-hmm. But he, Eddie Murphy made this talkative, annoying Donkey who was constantly getting in the way and like fucking up this endear, like timelessly endearing character. But you love him the whole time yeah. somehow. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Like that that man oozes charisma. Yeah, he was he was one of those. He there's those generational comedians that come once in a while, and it's like their impact is just ridiculous, you know. And yeah, it's Richard Pryor, George Carlin, Eddie Murphy, Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. You can oh, say it. the Chris Farley you know tribute. What? Oh, you can say oh, it because it's so like much. that dude's I cried, I cried. I cried. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it's the they're they're generational. It's it's they're once in a while like and that's actually something to fun to think about is who's our generational impact of. Uh, honestly, for millennials, I'm gonna say Bo Burnham if he continues. Oh, so for sure. and I I'd have to agree because if you listen to his interviews, he's a very very dark dark. Disturbed. He's not disturbed, but he's, he's very eighth grade. But. He's he's like he's he's not he's a cynical dude. And then you see him perform, and you're like, he's it's starting to show a little more in his newer shit. But it's like, man, the dude's oozing like, just like what the fuck? This dude's a force to be reckoned with. And and then he makes fun of people giving him praise. He's like, I don't know what your deal is. Like go. I'm. I got lucky, and he talks about the YouTube phenomenon. He's like, I timed it just right. Mm-hmm. He but really he, it's like, man, he is funny, and he. But it's like, yeah. he's younger than me. No, yeah. he's my age. I don't think so. Look up how old Bo Burnham. I'm gonna say he's. We're, he's, we're gonna do Google researching in real time. And we're real time, guys. Well, I'm know. gonna say he's okay. What's your guess, Jesse? Oh, um, I'm gonna say he's 32. I'm gonna say he's twenty. He just turned twenty-five. Uh, I was gonna guess around. I'll say twenty-four and a half. How about that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> twenty-four and a half. <laughs> That's not fair. Because yeah, I, I, I think he was yeah, like about a year younger than me, and I turned twenty-five in June. Okay. 
He's 28. He's 28? 28? Okay. Oh, it's been a while. So I must have been like, yeah, well. <laughs> but either way, but you're. But, but yeah, close you're... enough to my age that I, I'm still, it's still mm-hmm. one of those things that you see a professional athlete in the Olympics and they're 22 mm-hmm. years old and you're like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, you did how that much. dare well, you succeed? Which, say it, which says, because I knew about him when he was 19. Yeah. Jeez, yeah. Jesus Christ. So it's like that there's some, there's those generational they can't help but be something. Yeah. You, you know? know who else is also really slept on? Uh, Stephen Wright, man. Oh, I don't God. think he's. I don't think he's living anymore. But he was like Mitch Hetberg before Mitch Hetberg came out. And his... I know Steve. I had. A, I have a pony. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> special. And then his second one. I still have a pony. That was motherfucker. The... Yeah. yeah. No, his one line. He is the king of those one liners. Like. Oh fuck! And you're right. It, again, Mitch Hedberg can go in those. You gotta go soon. So we're gonna wrap yeah. it up. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. Um, but yeah, that's fuck yeah, Stephen Wright. I again, people listening, like, because it is. I I think you're right. It's one of those. He's not mainstream, but he should be. It's like yeah, he was one of those. He was Mitch Hedberg slash Steve or uh, Dimitri Martin. Mm. Like they all fall in those like great jokes. There's pure joke tellers. Just a machine gun of comedy. Yeah, just like, I'm going to tell you joke after joke after joke. It's not so much like, and things, here's how I feel inside. It's funny. Laugh at it. It's it's not bearing their he soul. He was surprised how good he was. Like, if you see like <laughs> him perform like when he was on Johnny Carson or whatever, like you can see him genuinely confused. Like, like what, what is going, like, how is this taking off as well as, it, as it's taking off? Well, Which is cool because he just means he's such a grateful kind of dude and it's things that like again with dimitri martin Stephen wright these these specific characters their jokes are things that should be so obvious to Mm -hmm. all of us and yet Mm. it's never been put into those words and those are things like that's i i saw myself in the very beginning trying to emulate that where i was like i want to be just as clever as Mm -hmm. these dudes are and point out these things and i I can put some of it into my work, but as soon as I try too hard, it's just not genuine. Like mm. that's not my form of com- I like my mm. my form of comedy is just different, and I that was something I had to like like accept about the way I write. It's like I might get one in a blue moon of these like super obvious hilarious things, but that's not. I can't just write joke after joke after joke. It's usually mm. like a a weird little journey of yeah. of this narrative that I am, yeah. am riffing on. Well, I, I, I think yeah. the big part of that, because a lot of people, when you're getting into comedy, a lot of people have that kind of battle. They'll see someone that they like, and they're like, I kind of want to emulate that and do it. The important thing, I, I feel, because I'm, I'm one of those guys that can watch comedy nonstop and then go do a set and not worry about pulling anybody else's stuff, simply because w- what I do is when I see something that I see works... I dissect it. I don't like really try to like figure out how I can do that or how I can mm. do something similar to it. I go, why was that funny? Why did it get such a good response? Okay, those are really cool elements. Maybe there's a way that some of my material can have some of those elements. Yeah. And uh, but but not have like 
not get caught up in it or like distracted by it. Because like Joey Diaz is another great example. <laughs> oh, Joey Diaz is great. He, he uh he he was talking about doing a bit and he said right before he did a bit he saw John Mulaney's new special and he felt like it really screwed with him mentally mm-hmm. because he felt like he had to do stuff that was a little bit more witty. But it's like what you do well is storytelling and you know yeah. that that's what you do and you do it better than ninety eight percent of the talent that's out there right now. So yeah. that's kind of like a way to not get caught up in that is just figure out, like, appreciate it, find out how it worked, why it worked, and then just kind of, like, let go of it. And maybe you'll have some material and you'll be like, oh, I can kind of do some snappy, like, retort or snappy kind of, like, witty jokes like Stephen mm-hmm. Wright or Mitch Hepburn, but, um, you know, just not getting not getting stuck on it. Well, also just, it's for a lot of art, fucking turn your brain off, let go. Yeah. Just fucking do yeah. what you do. Yeah. Because as soon as you just start truly being honest, sometimes when I like am too in my head and I want something to be funny and I start riffing and trying to go down a path, it's not going to work. As soon as I'm just there in the moment talking, I'll come up with my funniest stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where it's you you know where you're funny. Your brain is funny. So just let it do its thing. Yeah, and you'll you'll be good. I think the cat has something to say. It's raising its oh, it's raising its back foot <laughs> in there as it licks its asshole. He's like, "You guys, did you know butt tastes like butt? It still tastes like butt." But it's my butt. Yeah. Thanks, Vipey. Um, fuck yeah, guys, we're at almost two hours. That was a great podcast. Oh, that was really feel good, Jesse. Oh man, yeah, no, I I really like doing this, and it's so cool to finally be able to talk about comedy like in yeah. depth because I get to like bullshit a little bit, you know, after doing these open mics. But yeah. being able to sit down and finally like dump all these thoughts I've been having about comedy while performing it, it's it's a great feeling. Good man. Yeah, um, Aiden says he he really wants to set up a date that he can come on and. And chat with us, so... Fuck yeah, well, maybe what we could do... <laughs> Picture this, Jesse, Henry, Aiden, all in the same place, same time. Oh, I'm down, man. Anytime you guys want to have me, just let me know. Okay, perfect. Um, listeners, check out Jesse's Instagram. It's at Comedic Gems. I'm going to spell it out for you. Comedic, if you don't know how to spell it, get a dictionary. <laughs> and go back to third grade. Um Comedic gems, one word, J E M Z. And uh, yeah, it's a t- terrible, terrible name, but okay. I had to do it because those are my initials. It's okay. uh, Jesse Enrico Munoz Zumbado. So it uh, it just has like I know right. Ooh. It's such See, a I sexy said, name. Hey, on today's podcast, Jesse Zimbada. I said it as gringo as I could. Sorry, oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, no, it's totally cool. It, okay. It's the way I, pre- I prefer it to be pronounced, actually. But um, okay. But yeah, no, Comedic Gems, go ahead, go on there. I just started, but I'm starting to put uh, more and more content every day. Yeah, I man. need to get better about it. <laughs> cool. Well, listeners, go follow him. Go like and follow and like and like and keep liking. Um, thanks, guys. Hey, thanks, thanks for having me, man. This is great. Cheers, really boys. I, yeah, I have an empty beer. I'm going to cheers anyways. Excellent. Awesome. Cheers, everybody. <laughs>